Thank you for listening to a Sunday morning sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. For more information about these sermons or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com. And now, here's this week's sermon. As the bags are being passed around, I'd like to continue our story. And this time, we will find it in Matthew chapter 12, and I'll be reading verses 1 through 21. So Matthew chapter 12 is where we'll be. Matthew is the first book in the New Testament, the first of the gospel accounts. And Matthew 12, 1 through 21 starts like this. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick some heads of grain and eat them. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. Jesus answered, haven't you read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God and he and his companions ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for them to do, but only for the priests. Or haven't you read in the law that the priests on Sabbath duty in the temple desecrate the Sabbath and yet are innocent? I tell you that something greater than the temple is here. If you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. You wouldn't have condemned the innocent. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Going on from that place, he went into their synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Looking for a reason to bring charges against Jesus, they asked him, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? He said to them, If any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, won't you take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out and it was completely restored, just as sound as the other. But the Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill Jesus. Aware of this, Jesus withdrew from that place. A large crowd followed him, and he healed all who were ill. He warned them not to tell others about him. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. Here is my servant whom I have chosen, the one I love in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not quarrel or cry out. No one will hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick He will not snuff out. He has brought justice through to victory. In his name, the nations will put their hope. This is the word of the Lord. Such a debate, such anger, and even injustice. All about this practice called Sabbath. What is this thing over which such chaos is erupting? I have an idea how we can find out. We can go back to the story that orients us to our foundation from whom we are formed and we grow. It is there that we can find this item that is causing all of this fuss. It is in the story where we can discover what this Sabbath truly is and what it is purported to be. Chapter one, the is of Sabbath. In the beginning, our father created everything with his son and his spirit. This is how he started. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. 
So exciting. So, so here it is. The dawn of everything, water. Now, in our story, water represents two things. It represents life, but it also represents chaos. That's why in our story, the father constantly shows his sovereignty over water, chaos. Moses walking through the parted Red Sea. Jesus and Peter walking on water. All the water narratives throughout the gospel. These all show that our God is sovereign. So imagine, if you will, the space shuttle. What? The space shuttle? Stay with me. Here we are in the space shuttle. And one of the astronauts has this amazing orange drink in a cup. The orange drink, as some of you know, is called Tang. The, astronauts want, want, the astronaut wants to, you to have some, but since we're in space and gravity isn't as grounding as it is on Earth, he tips the cup and out flows this amazing liquid. You, of course, receive it gratefully and are satisfyingly quenched. And this is what it was like at creation. The Earth is like that tang, this globular mass of water in outer space, just free-floating. And the Holy Spirit wraps himself around the earth, giving it shape and form, much like he does with us. As we place our faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit indwells us, wraps himself around us, and gives us shape and form. And the most beautiful thing is that where there was once chaos, there is now order. From the beginning, God shows himself to be a person who brings order where there is chaos. And he invites us into this divine responsibility to bring order where there is chaos. On the sixth day, God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Our Father crowns his creation efforts with mankind. And on the seventh day, the first full day for humankind, God and mankind rest. Thus, the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. In so doing, our father establishes a rhythm and pattern for us. 
We were designed and created to work from our rest. So often we get this backwards and we try to rest from our work, always finding ourselves exhausted. I mean, we even have a song for it. Everybody's working for the weekend. Oh, Yeah, that's why they don't let me up here and sing and stuff. Uh, So there are so many things we must come to know about Sabbath in order to engage our God and rest in Jesus. Firstly, we have come to see that we were created to work from our rest, not to rest from our work. Now let's discover more about this elusive Sabbath. We have been saying that these items, communion, tithing, offering, and now Sabbath, point us to our foundation. Sabbath points us to our foundation, Jesus, and reminds us of whom he is so we know who we are. Just as God sanctified the Sabbath and made it holy, so he does to us. And this is reminiscent of Jesus' prayer for us. Father, sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. And so there's two things we need to see. First, we are sanctified. In other words, we are being made holy. That's to say that we are set apart for God's purpose. This is the state of our intended design. Secondly, we see that we are sanctified through God's truth. And Jesus says that he is the way and the truth and the life. So we are made holy as we spend time with Jesus. And for weeks now, if you've been with us over the last weeks and months, we've been saying that this is essential for our relationship with Jesus, where we engage Jesus in the scriptures, where we read, where we pray, because this is where we learn to live out the life into which we've been invited. And for this is where the blood of Jesus sanctifies us. In our story, our father adjures us, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter, your male or your female servant, or your cattle or your sojourner that stays with you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So in Matthew's account, we see Jesus working on the Sabbath. Are you kidding me? Jesus, he should know better. I mean, he's the son of God after all. Now, certainly we could spend a lot of time looking at what was actually commanded in the law of Moses and how Jesus and his disciples did not break the commandments of God. However, there are statements made from Jesus that I want us to see that are pertinent to our story. The first of which is found in Matthew 12, Verse 7, and Jesus says this, but if you had known what this means, I desire compassion and not a sacrifice. You would not have condemned the innocent. In our story, we'll always live in one of two places. We will live with compassion or we will live with contempt. Compassion meets others where they are, but contempt demands that others come to me. Compassion is a place of love, but contempt is a place of self-righteousness. Our foundation is one of compassion, and as we rest in our foundation, we become compassionate. In Mark's account of this same story, in Mark 2.27, he writes that Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was intended to be refreshing, rejuvenating, restoring is never intended to be a burden, but a benefit. Unfortunately, 
The Pharisees, who were the religious keepers of the day, used the Sabbath in such a way that it became burdensome. Remember that in Jesus, there is rest, refreshment, rejuvenation, restoration. And in this life-giving relationship, there is responsibility. Chapter 2, the is to come of Sabbath. Our rest is found in our foundation. His rest comes through him because he has purchased what is necessary for us to rest in him. And so he promises his rest and his peace. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. 1 Peter 5, 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. He promises us his rest in his salvation. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Acts 2.21. So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many, and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are awaiting him. Hebrews 9.28. He promises us his rest is found in his trustworthiness. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. 2 Timothy 2.13. And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write, for these words are faithful and true. Revelation 21.5. And he promises us his rest in our life with him forever. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. John 3, 16. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Revelation 21, 3 and 4. So this is the confidence and the rest we find when we receive the gracious invitation Jesus makes to us. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Chapter 3, the is of Sabbath. Christ has given us everything we need for life and godliness. In him, we find rest. Okay, okay. I know, I know. Now, no working on the Sabbath, right? But why? I mean, really, Adam, why? Why can't we work on the Sabbath? Well, funny you should ask. I'm really glad you did. Let me put it this way. Sabbath is an item that points us to our foundation. Our foundation is Jesus, and Sabbath helps us to see clearer the finish where we are confident in him and the rest we find. At the finish, there's no more death, sin, mourning, or pain, for these will all be done away with. This is the confidence we have now that inspires us to push forward with all that we have, knowing that our God is trustworthy. But that's the crux of it, isn't it? Do we trust him? Do we trust that he's sovereign? Do we trust his timing? Do we trust that he, is, he brings order where there's chaos? Do we trust that when we can't possibly see the order 
and the waves of chaos surround us, threatening to drown us, that he is with us and he'll never leave us or forsake us? Do we trust that in our sin and wretchedness that he still loves us? You see, Sabbath reminds us of these truths. For in our preparation for Sabbath, we come before the lover of our souls and we lay down our responsibilities, knowing that he is the one who graciously gave them to us. So we can trust him with what he gave us, knowing that after the refreshment, rejuvenation, and restoration of Sabbath, we will be ready to continue with the responsibilities, whether they are the same, more, less, or new. It's, it's kind of like if, if you had all these responsibilities, right? And so here's, here's all these responsibilities that you have. And, and throughout the week, there's a blessing that you get to do these with God. And, and on your Sabbath, you go, here you go, Father. Here, here is what you have blessed me with, the responsibilities you've blessed me with. And today, I, I trust you with them. And every day, I trust you with them. But today, I give them to you because you graciously gave them to me. And today, I'm not going to engage in those, but I'm going to rest with you, with my family and friends. And, and we're going to be restored and refreshed and rejuvenated by you. And tomorrow, I will come back to you. And you may give all of these back to me. You, you may give less. You, you may give more, but whatever it is, I trust you because I know that you have blessed me with them and that you are faithful to accomplish them in me and through me. And so today, we're going to practice a mini Sabbath, if you will. But before we do so, we must prepare. I'm going to ask uh, them to put up a prayer that I would like us to repeat together. Entering into Sabbath means laying everything before the Lord, and this includes our sin. Being at peace with God opens us up to be truly refreshed, rejuvenated, and restored. So together, let's pray as they put these words on the screen. Here we go. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your way. To the glory of your name, amen. I want you to know that our almighty God has mercy on us. He forgives us all our sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. He strengthens us in all goodness and by the power of the Holy Spirit. He keeps us in eternal life. Amen? So for the next couple of minutes, I'd like us to continue on this mini Sabbath by just being still. In this time of silence, you may speak to God silently but I would encourage you to also, or maybe only, listen and allow him to minister to you, refreshing, rejuvenating, and restoring you so that you can go from this place of rest to embrace the responsibilities that God has for you and accomplish them with him. Let's be still before our God. Thank you for listening to a Sunday morning sermon from Christ Church of Orinoco. 
For more information about these sermons, or about Christ Church in general, visit us online at ccochurch.com.